When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. series where we discuss the best most iconic greatest wrestling matches of all time and this week we have what a lot of people call the greatest of all time that is ricky steamboat randy savage wrestlemania 3 are you ready mr briscoe hey john i've been ready for wrestlemania 3 rematch here for so long you know, this This is considered one of the greatest. You know, we always say they're all the greatest, but to <laughs> us, when we're watching them, man, we're into them, and they are the greatest. So sit back and enjoy uh, John and I's opinions on them. They're not all right, but they're not all wrong either. So <laughs> enjoy yourself, and let's get rolling with one of the greatest of all time, Ricky Steamboat and Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh, roll the tape, please. The Macho Man. Yeah, and this is the buildup, Mr. Briscoe, to the lead-up to WrestleMania three, where Savage comes off the top rope and hits the neck of Ricky Steamboat on that rail. Then brings the bell into the ring, drops the bell on the throat again, and this is what led to Savage Steamboat being out, leading up to WrestleMania three. The man's recuperative abilities. He's had an amazing recovery at this point. That doctor had a striking injuries. resemblance. I think a lot of that is due to the tremendous heart. That's the worst looking doctor I've ever seen. Phenomenal <laughs> Tell me that, that guy didn't. That guy didn't get some damage. From Hawaii, weighing 237 pounds, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is horrible, McMahon. This is kidnapping. And Steve uh, Jesse, the, the body, Mr. Gov, the governor. This was a great program, program with George the Animal Seal. John, was you, was you, you, weren't, you weren't around at this time, were you? No, I wasn't around when George was wrestling. I was around when George was an agent. This was a great program with George. It fit in so well, you know, because Randy's protectiveness of, of Mr. Elizabeth and everything, and this Georgie Animal still kept, kept getting a crush on Liz and trying to put him out and all that stuff. Mm, yeah. 
Macho Man, Randy Savage, Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, was in a state of shock when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat yeah. came back, yeah. But this time, in front of the largest audience in the world, I will not only embarrass you, not only pin you with the one, two, three count, but I'm gonna put you out of wrestling for good. Oh, yeah, Dragon. I am the Lord and Master of the Ring, and you're gonna find that out one athlete to another right now. You can't be with me, no. History beckons the Macho Man, yeah. There's a short roll call when it comes to great promos. He's one of them. Yeah, he is one of them. A guy who can rant and make sense. Were you at WrestleMania 3? No. I was doing closed circuit. I was selling it down there. You were selling the closed circuit? Closed circuit. Were they sold out? Yeah, we, we had like 23 different venues, and most of them sold out, and a lot of them didn't, you know. And how many, how many like the venues, how many people were in the venues? Well, we had Miami. We had 13, 14,000. We're close to selling out Miami. Tampa was probably about 14,000 seater ring, probably about six, 7,000 people. Orlando was real strong. Jacksonville, surprisingly, was, was huge for us. And some of the smaller towns like Savannah and places like that did very, very well. So you put 15,000 people in an arena in Tampa to watch, to watch a video in Miami, screen. In Miami, Florida, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That had to be an auditing nightmare. Yeah, well, it, it had to be, but man, it, it was it was a nightmare running the show because sometimes the feeds would, I mean, they, these weren't really technology great things at that time. You know, you had your, you had your difficulty. Kissimmee, Florida, I remember losing the feed totally in Kissimmee. You know, we had, well, Kissimmee, we had 2,500 people there. That, that big crowd for was one of these little towns. And the building manager called me and he said, we lost the feed. And so I'm calling the control center that they had a special number to call. Well, hey, we lost the feed there. Okay, well, give us a location. Boom, boom, boom. 30 seconds later, feed back on. Randy says the day has finally come. The minutes, the seconds, we have reached our moment. As you and I climb into the ring, we clash like two titans. But there will only be one winner. One winner, Savage. This dragon will be fire. This dragon will scorch your back. I will come away with the championship belt and see new horizon. You know, we, we have Ricky telling a lot of this story on stories with Bisco and Bradshaw on our other podcast, John, and he, he really gets in depth in this in this match. We spend a lot of time on it. Ricky Ricky's take on it is firsthand and it's phenomenal. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes to, to show you that putting a great match, there's not one way to do it. You know, if, if you had told Eddie Guerrero, here's the 10 things I want you to do in a match, he wouldn't get one of them right, and I, he's, and it's not because he's a dumb guy. He did everything by feel. He he didn't he couldn't put a match together or back. You get him out there in front of the crowd, he was electric. You know, and, but he had great matches. These guys put everything together over the course of weeks before, and had one of the greatest of all time. So there's not necessarily one way that that to do it. That makes greatness, you know, and, and, and to me, the, the, the strange thing about it, I've been in up share the ring many, many times with Ricky Steamboat. At probably 99% of those times, we go out there and we didn't, we didn't talk. We didn't, we, we just went by feel, by motion and feel. 
And that, I think that's what made Ricky great. And I think that's really what made Randy great. Because Randy knew what he was going to do so he could position his body ahead of time and, and have those, you know, those, those, just those instant moments. Yeah, and Ricky, when he's on the podcast with us, towards the Bristol Bradshaw, told the story very detailed. As you said, this was all Randy. Randy's the one that wanted to put this 101 through 157 together and put the entire thing, including the lockup, written down before the match. I love I love the story about when they'd see each other. Uh, Ricky would go, hey, Randy, I'm on item 56. What's 57, 58? And Randy, boom, 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 all the way yeah. to the finish of the match. They even had Hebner doing it. <laughs> and Hebner can't count to three without missing the number. <laughs> and it was Ricky, I think, uh, he and Savage both apparently got lost one time each during the match. Another guy told him where they were. And that's the importance of a referee out there, isn't it, John? You know, you're relying on that referee to take oh, yeah. where you're at. I was taking a German suplex from Chris Benoit one time off the top rope in a cage match, and I thought it might knock me dingy, and it did. And when it did, Nick Patrick asked me, he goes, do you know where you are, kid? And I said, no, sir. And he goes, do you know the finish? And I said, no. He goes, I'll walk you through it. And Nick you know, slowly called the entire finish for me, and then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, you had it works. You know, it all came back to me, and everything was everything was fine. But Nick Nick knew enough to ask me, "Do you know the finish?" I said, "Nope." This match is so important, John, because it really puts emphasis on a on a belt, on a title. It really makes it it's kind of set the tone for future generations with the Intercontinental title matches. If you were the Intercontinental Champion, you were looked at as what? One hell of a performer. You were, you were, you were, That's you were, right. You were carrying yeah. the time load, basically, what you were doing for, for the rest of the time. Look at Davey and Brett, SummerSlam, 1993 in Wembley. One of the greatest of all time also. That was for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, bear in mind, this is the biggest crowd in the history up to this moment. You know, uh, it said 93,000 people. You know, if it's not, it's close to it. But, uh, you know, and, and this wasn't the main event, but this was one of the matches. What a card that was. What, this is one of the matches that stands out in the history of WrestleMania. And it wasn't even the main event. And drops off the apron with it. A method to his madness indeed, Jess. Well, I'll tell you, I've never seen the dragon this But it gives an opportunity. It opens some eyeballs that, hey, you don't have to be uh, seven foot tall and weigh 450 pounds to put on a good match to help draw a crowd. That's right. This match really the door to that. Like I said, that IC title meaning something, and and guys, Ricky and Randy's size of getting a championship and making them mean something. And this match really changed the business. And before this, you didn't have a ton of false finishes. You didn't have two guys going out there stealing the show like this. And after this, now all of a sudden you realize. You're right. It opened up a lot of people's eyes. It also changed how matches were done that meant something just because it was over titles. George was a former, or still was a high school football coach, right? High school football coach and high school wrestling coach. Huey Rassi was heavyweight for Michigan State University. He was one of the early guys that come from the amateur ranks out after professional wrestling. He coached several state championship teams in the, in the state of Michigan, which is phenomenal. That's a, that's a football-heavy school. 
Yeah, I remember uh, when I came in, I always loved to talk football with George. He was a pleasant guy. Yeah, he was. And a, and a bright guy, too. Very intelligent. Uh, George, uh, you know, school teacher, he married a school teacher. And, uh, you know, we, uh, my wife's school teacher, we, we talked education wide and, and, you know, how, how, how he felt about teaching different, different parts of history. And very bright man. George told me a funny story one time. They're working in the old Miami uh, arena. It was, it was in a bad part of town, and his wife was driving in the school. Oh, yeah. That, well, this is true. I was there. <laughs> were, you, were you in the car? Oh, no, I wasn't in the car. But I Oh, was, my goodness. I, I, pulled, I, I pulled in right before George. <laughs> so go ahead and tell what happened. Oh, go ahead. You're, you're, so George, his wife's driving, and George is laying down asleep, and a guy comes in and wants to grab her purse or grab her car jack or something, reaches across George. George grabs the guy and hits the gas and starts going down the road really fast and the guy finally gets out of the gets out of the car and, and falls down the side of the road so you can imagine a guy goes there and he's gonna rob this lady and all of a sudden george Steele grabs him <laughs> and kidnaps him yeah i drug him down the road man <laughs> Lord, had, had, had that arm bar on him, man, and it hit the gas. <laughs> she hit the gas. <laughs> it was in one of those old cars, you know, where the seat would go back. So he was laying down in the seat when the guy reached across. He didn't see George until George snatched him. Can you imagine <laughs> this big, hairy George Steele's got hold of him? But this match, I mean, they're going back and forth, man. Look at Ricky. I mean, that arm drag is pitcher perfect. That's the thing about Ricky and Randy. I mean, Ricky always gets praised for, but Randy too, man. Randy's body posture, Randy's movement in the ring are there's no wasted motion there. They're the right in sync with everything. Yeah, you're right. It, it, they're two really good athletes, and they're just very smooth. There's that skin the cat that you're so good at. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dave Hebner in the ring, right? Yeah. Dave was a little heavier. Yeah. Elizabeth, too, she was a perfect foil in this match. You know, she wasn't out there. She wasn't, you know, making a scene of herself all the time. She was just a petite little girl in a corner that she actually felt sorry for at times. That's right. She was very understated. All these young ladies that are so awesome today, you know, if they just take a look at way Elizabeth carried herself and conducted herself. I mean, uh, she was she was the first lady of, of sports entertainment. In my, in my there you go again. And John, this match isn't a lot of a lot of time either. It's basically under a 15-minute match, or, you know, and all the action that they put in in that 15 minutes is just that's right. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's, it's semi-main, and it's only a lot in 15 minutes. 
Well, Jesse had such a great voice, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. He was so quick, such good banter. Him and Bobby the Brain, man. Yeah. That was Randy's favorite move there. Actually, met Randy when he was still playing for the Cincinnati Reds down in Fort Myers, Florida. He he had an afternoon baseball game. My brother and I went to watch him playing baseball with Angelo Poffo, his dad, and that night he came in and laced up his boots and got in the match and beat Don Serrano in 10, 12 minutes. Really? So he yeah. played He played that day and he wrestled? He wrestled that night. Said he made more money playing wrestling that night than he did playing baseball. <laughs> it's like Deion Sanders playing football and baseball on the same day. Yeah, well, Randy was the first, man. <laughs> They're just ready powerful at the time. Was he as intense then? Oh yeah, he's sitting in that dressing room just talking to you know, a baseball fan. I am, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get all the baseball I can out of me. You know, he, he tried to focus on wrestling. <laughs> That's right. You, you have two different agendas. <laughs> it's the same whenever I run into Wade Boggs. You know, I'm such a fan of Wade. You know, like like we all are. And Wade, Wade wants to talk wrestling. And I want to talk about his 3,000 hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those 3,000 happened right here in the Tropicana Field. The home run, too, home right? Run, yeah, home run yeah. in hometown. Well, I, I, I realized it was in Tropicana. I knew, I knew he hit a home run on his 3,000. What a good guy that Wade Boggs is. Uh, a tremendous guy. I've been to a couple of tarpon tournaments with him. He puts on a big tarpon tournament down yeah. the Bell Island down there. And it's fun. Dragon trying to figure out what's going on, where the Macho Man is there. He's going right out after him. This could be a big mistake. Well, this had to be unbelievable for those guys. This is the first big stadium. You know, they did the show in Toronto, I think, the year before, 86,000 people. But this was the first really big stadium televised show. Yeah, and you know, and crowds like this, I mean, the, the, the build, you know, WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2 were their three venues and Vince said, man, I'm going for it. You know? Give me the biggest. Give me the biggest building. And you listen to the crowd. They are just into everything these guys are doing. It's been nothing but action. You've seen Savage get nothing but Heat on Steamboat. Now Steamboat's making the big comeback. How different those stairs are. And uh, John, as we talked a little bit earlier, the false finishes in, in this match, uh, before this, there wasn't a real big focus on a lot of these false finishes. I mean, it was just something that came along, and then this match helped enhance it. You know, what's interesting about that, Jerry, is, is that these guys really put themselves out on a limb to do this. If this hadn't worked, this would have been terrible. Yeah. You think about it, I mean, you don't have many false finishes, and you're doing something completely different than the business. 
And if it's not working and you've got the whole match laid out, I mean, these guys would have been stuck out there by, basically by themselves. And boy, you talk about silence when you got backstage. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big, it's a pretty big risk they took. Yeah. And you know, that's a great point. You know, that's what makes things great is when you push that envelope and you do change things. And these that's guys right. had, it, had it in them that they knew that they could succeed doing it. Yep. Some, some crazy thing that stuck with me my whole career. I asked Hacksaw when I first saw him uh, in the business, I said, you were worried about missing your two by four? Because he throws it way up in the air. He goes, nope, you got to go for it, kid. And for some reason, that always stuck with me. But if, you, if you're going to do something, you got to do it. And that's what these guys did. These guys went all in on this match, and it becomes one of the greatest of all time. But they took a big risk in doing so. And they didn't hide their intentions on how they were building it either. I mean, everybody in the, in the business knew what they were doing. And I wasn't even around. I was just doing promotions uh, down here in the South, but I'd heard, you know, they were doing move by move. And I, I kind of questioned it myself when I first heard it. You know, it'll never work because we're so much of a field business. And I'd, right. I'd been in the ring for so long with Ricky, and I knew what kind of performer he was. A greatness comes through no matter what the situation. Yep, that's right. The ref bump. No referee. Wake him up. Too late. What would we do without those ref bumps? <laughs> and the ref bump, man, if you see Dave Hebner, that when he took the bump, he throws both arms up in the air and he flails before he takes the bump. The ref bumps are always some of the hokiest bumps ever, but I, lo I love them because they were hokey. That bell right there, John, I got that bell up in my shed. That bell? That bell, that exact bell right there. I got it up in my shed right there. And this is a playoff, Savage hurt, hitting him with the bell earlier, hurting his throat. <laughs> you know, man. Look at that. That little small package out of all those spots. and all That's those all that. Just a small package. And there, there it is, folks. I mean, you catch something by surprise. You know, something that you're not supposed to pin somebody with and listen to the reaction that they get. That's right. 93,000 people are excited over a small package. You know, I didn't know that was Randy Savage's only Intercontinental title run. Well, I didn't either. Because he was so known as Intercontinental title champion, I figured he'd been you know, champion several times, but this was his only championship run. <laughs> and Steamboat on, on the show with us said about how relieved he was when it was finally over because yeah, he had so that. much pressure on him having to remember that entire match. 
he told us that he really didn't enjoy the match because there was so much pressure on memorization of trying yeah, to remember it all. It's got to be uncomfortable the way we talk to him about. You know, you got it's in your mind. You can't mess up, especially in front of an audience like that. As you notice, they were on a cart going out. You know how that cart uh, got to got to be, right? Andre was in such bad shape he couldn't make that entrance walk all the way unassisted. He had to have to stop two or three times. So they they come up with a, a golf cart to, to transport them back and forth to the room. And then they had everybody do it, so it wouldn't yeah. look like it was just. Oh, it Andre. wouldn't look different when they did it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's what you get when you watch this show, John. You get a little bit of history, man. You're dang right, you do. Maybe even Josh will learn something. I think Josh knows more than we do. I, 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 well, he he makes his whole show run, John. So don't get on John. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> but there you have it, folks. Two of the greatest again, man. We always we always say it, the greatest, but, but you got to agree with us. I mean, you know, what are you going to put in that place when you when you call out the greats, ready? A dragon steamboat and Randy Macho Man Savage, it don't get much better. You know, uh, you, you it takes a lot, and uh, we're gonna find them if we if there is better stuff out there, we're gonna find them, right, John? That's right. We're gonna find them and we're gonna show them to you. But I don't know how you you know it's like it's like when you somebody was talking about comparing, say, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. You know, and no matter what you think about them, they're both great. You know, they're both doing incredible things that nobody else has ever done. So when you compare and matches. You compare Steamboat, Savage, and and Taker, and HBK, they're both great. And, you know, their levels of greatness, I understand, but it's hard to figure out which one might be better, and that's what people love debating, but they're all great. And when you talk about the greatest, we talk about this match at WrestleMania three. That's right, and uh, you know it's it, it's all debatable on, on what you think is great. But when when you when, when you're watching them, when we're watching a match that happened 25, 30 years ago, damn it, it's got to be great, or you you were not <laughs> watching it. You know, it's it's just filed over in the corner there with a lot of my matches. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so cool about it is like we do on the show, we interviewed so many people that were such huge stars at different eras and different regions. You know, you look at the crowds. The crowds were going banana, as Pat would say, and they go banana now over the guys now. So it's, it's all levels of greatness. You know, it's just different time, time eras and different time zones. And it's all about WrestleMania. I mean, uh, you know, the, 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 you bring your best. And uh, it's over the uh, uh, use cliche, but when when the greatest stage of all presents the opportunity to be on it, if you're not ready, you're not going to be welcomed back like taking 22 or 23, whatever time, times he came in there. But great, greatness is, is, it can appear any time in a match, you know, it's just, it's just that little sudden spark that kind of sets both guys off and man, you're, you're in for a run. And when it does, it's absolutely magical. And that's what we discuss here is best of the best stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw, wherever you get your podcasts, our YouTube channel. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.